0: Part three of The Staircase at the Heart's Delight by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Part three. I will show you up in a moment, said he, and left me to put up a heavy board shutter over the window opening on the river. Was this a signal or a precaution? i glanced towards my two friends playing cards took another note of their broad shoulders and brawny arms and prepared to follow my host who now stood bowing at the other end of the room before a covered staircase which was manifestly the sole means of reaching the floor above the staircase was quite a feature in the room It ran from back to front, and was boarded all the way up to the ceiling. On these boards hung a few useless bits of chain, wire, and knotted ends of tarred ropes, which swung to and fro as the sharp November blast struck the building, giving out a weird and strangely muffled sound why did this sound so easily to be accounted for ring in my ear like a note of warning i understand now but i did not then full of expectation as i was for development out of the ordinary crossing the room i entered upon the staircase in the wake of my companion Though the two men at cards did not look up as I passed them, I noticed that they were alert and ready for any signal I might choose to give them. But I was not ready to give one yet. I must see danger before I summoned help, and there was no token of danger yet. When we were about half-way up the stairs, the faint light which had illuminated us from below suddenly vanished, and we found ourselves in total darkness. The door at the front had been closed by a careful hand, and I felt, rather than heard, the stealthy pushing of a bolt across it my first impulse was to forsake my guide and rush back but i subdued the unworthy impulse and stood quite still while my companion exclaiming damn that fellow what does he mean by shutting the door before we are half-way up struck a match and lit a gas-jet in the room above which poured a flood of light upon the staircase Drawing my hand from the pocket in which I had put my revolver, I hastened after him into the small landing at the top of the stairs. An open door was before me, in which he stood bowing, with the half-burnt match in his hand. "'This is the place, sir,' he announced, motioning me in i entered and he remained by the door while i passed quickly about the room which was bare of every article of furniture save a solitary table and chair there was not even a window in it with the exception of one small light situated so high up in the corner made by the jutting-up staircase that I wondered at its use, and was only relieved of extreme apprehension at the prison-like appearance of the place, by the gleam of light which came through this dusty pane, showing that I was not entirely removed from the presence of my foes, if I was from that of my friends. "'Ah, you have spied the window.' remarked my host, advancing toward me with a countenance he vainly endeavoured to make reassuring and friendly. "'That is your post of observation, sir,' he whispered, with a great show of mystery. "'By mounting on the table you can peer into the room where my young friends sit securely at play.' As it was no part of my scheme to show any special mistrust, I merely smiled a little grimly, and cast a glance at the table on which stood a bottle of brandy, and one glass. "'Very good brandy,' he whispered. "'Not such stuff as we give those fellows downstairs.' i shrugged my shoulders and he slowly backed towards the door the young men you bid me watch are very quiet i suggested with a careless wave of my hand towards the room he had mentioned oh there's no one there yet they begin to straggle in about ten o'clock ah was my quiet rejoinder "'I am likely, then, to have use for your brandy.' He smiled again and made a swift motion towards the door. "'If you want anything,' said he, "'just step to the foot of the staircase and let me know. "'The whole establishment is at your service.' and with one final grin that remains in my mind as the most threatening and diabolical i have ever witnessed he laid his hand on the knob of the door and slid quickly out it was done with such an air of final farewell that i felt my apprehensions take a positive form rushing towards the door through which he had just vanished i listened and heard as i thought his stealthy feet descend the stair but when i sought to follow i found myself for the second time overwhelmed by darkness the gas-jet which had hitherto burned with great brightness in the small room had been turned off from below, and beyond the faint glimmer which found its way through the small window of which I have spoken, not a ray of light now disturbed the heavy gloom of this gruesome apartment. I had thought of every contingency but this, and for a few minutes my spirits were dashed but i soon recovered some remnants of self-possession and began feeling for the knob i could no longer see finding it after a few futile attempts i was relieved to discover that this door at least was not locked and opening it with a careful hand i listened intently but could hear nothing save the smothered sound of men talking in the room below should i signal for my companions no for the secret was not yet mine as to how men passed from this room into the watery grave which was the evident goal for all wearers of the blue ribbon stepping back into the middle of the room i carefully pondered my situation but could get no further than the fact that i was somehow and in some way in mortal peril would it come in the form of a bullet or a deadly thrust from an unseen knife i did not think so for to say nothing of the darkness there was one reassuring fact which recurred constantly to my mind in connection with the murders i was endeavouring to trace to this den of iniquity none of the gentlemen who had been found drowned had shown any marks of violence on their bodies so it was not attack i was to fear but some mysterious underhanded treachery which would rob me of consciousness, and make the precipitation of my body into the water both safe and easy. Perhaps it was in the bottle of brandy that the peril lay. Perhaps—but why speculate further? I would watch till midnight, and then, if nothing happened, signal my companions to raid the house. Meantime a peep into the next room might help me towards solving the mystery setting the bottle and glass aside i dragged the table across the floor placed it under the lighted window mounted and was about to peer through when the light in that apartment was put out also angry and overwhelmed i leapt down and stretching out my hands till they touched the wainscoting i followed the wall around till i came to the knob of the door which i frantically clutched but i did not turn it immediately i was too anxious to catch these villains at work would i be conscious of the harm they meditated against me or would i imperceptibly yield to some influence of which i was not yet conscious and drop to the floor before i could draw my revolver or put to my mouth the whistle upon which i depended for assistance and safety it was hard to tell but i determined to cling to my first intention a little longer and so stood waiting and counting the minutes while wondering if the captain of the police-boat was not getting impatient and whether i had not more to fear from the anxiety of my friends than the cupidity of my foes you see I had anticipated communicating with the men in this boat by certain signals and tokens which had been arranged between us but the lack of windows in the room had made all such arrangements futile so i knew as little of their actions as they of my sufferings all of which did not tend to add to the cheerfulness of my position i however held out for a half-hour listening waiting and watching in a darkness which like that of egypt could be felt and when the suspense grew intolerable i struck a match and let its blue flame flicker for a moment over the face of my watch but the matches soon gave out and with them my patience if not my courage and i determined to end the suspense by knocking at the door beneath this resolution taken i pulled open the door before me and stepped out though i could see nothing i remembered the narrow landing at the top of the stairs and stretching out my arms i felt for the boarding on either hand guiding myself by it and began to descend when something rising as it were out of the cavernous darkness before me made me halt and draw back in mingled dread and horror but the impression strong as it was was only momentary and resolved to be done with the matter i precipitated myself downward when suddenly at about the middle of the staircase my feet slipped and i slid forward plunging and reaching out with hands whose frenzied grasp found nothing to cling to down a steep inclined plane or what to my bewildered senses appeared such till i struck a yielding surface and passed with one sickening plunge into the icy waters of the river which in another moment had closed dark and benumbing above my head it was all so rapid i did not think of uttering a cry but happily for me the splash i made told the story and i was rescued before i could sink a second time it was a full half-hour before i had sufficiently recovered from the shock to relate my story but when once i had made it known you can imagine the gusto with which the police prepared to enter the house and confound the obliging host with a sight of my dripping garments and accusing face and indeed in all my professional experience i have never beheld a more sudden merging of the bully into a coward than was to be seen by this slick villain's face when i was suddenly pulled from the crowd and placed before him with the old man's wig gone from my head and the tag of blue ribbon still clinging to my wet coat his game was up and he saw it and ebenezer grice's career had begun like all destructive things the device by which i had been run into the river was simple enough when understood in the first place it had been constructed to serve the purpose of a stairway and chute the latter was in plain sight when it was used by the sailmakers to run the finished sails into the waiting yawls below at the time of my adventure and for some time before the possibilities of the place had been discovered by mine host who had ingenuously put a partition up the entire stairway dividing the steps from the smooth runway at the upper part of the runway he had built a few steps wherewith to lure the unwary far enough down to ensure a fatal descent to make sure of his game, he had likewise sealed the upper room all around, including the enclosure of the stairs. The door to the chute and the door to the stairs were side by side, and being made of the same boards as the wainscoting, were scarcely visible when closed, while the single knob that was used being transferable from one to the other, naturally gave the impression that there was but one door. When this adroit villain called my attention to the little window around the corner, he no doubt removed the knob from the stairs-door, and quickly placed it in the one opening upon the chute. Another door, connecting the two similar landings without explains how he got from the chewed staircase into which he passed on leaving me to the one communicating with the room below the mystery was solved and my footing on the force secured but to this day and i am an old man now i have not forgotten the horror of the moment when my feet slipped from under me and i felt myself sliding downward without hope of rescue into a pit of heaving waters where so many men of conspicuous virtue had already ended their valuable lives myriad thoughts flashed through my brain in that brief interval and among them the whole method of operating this death-trap together with every detail of evidence that would secure the conviction of the entire gang End of the staircase at the heart's delight by anna catherine green recorded by caroline on november seventeenth two thousand and twelve in Groningen, in the netherlands thank you for listening